0: At Marvel Stadium, it was a six-wicket win, a comprehensive win in the end, with uh, 11 balls still remaining for the Brisbane Heat. They uh, they have an unblemished record now. They have one washout and two wins on three wins on their season so far. So they showed all their tricks tonight, and it was a very very nice win. Join me. I'm here till 11 o'clock. 0433 98 11 16. Your thoughts on the Big Bash? Uh, is it just coming back? Into relevance, the Adelaide Strikers game the other night. I, I think the Adelaide Strikers have an uncanny knack of just getting the uh, getting the Big Bash back to what it needs to be. That uh, that game the other night was fantastic. What would you like to see from the Big Bash to really get it uh, get it going once more? Anything you want to put on the agenda? 0-4-3-3-98-11-16. John Dono with you right through until 11 p.m. tonight. And uh, the big bash continues. Big bash coverage continues tomorrow. As I just pull up the uh, the list of games here, you'll hear every match live and exclusive right here on your home of sport. The Sixers are taking on the Strikers at the SCG tomorrow night, and then a doubleheader on Saturday at Lavington Sports Ground in Albury. The Stars take on the Thunder. The Stars really need to get themselves going and get themselves a win across this season. And then the Renegades are back in action. at Blunston Arena on Saturday night up against the Hobart Hurricanes, and they'll see if they are able to uh, get themselves back on the winner's list. We'll take your texts and plenty more. 433 98 1116 We're going to go to a break. We'll get the highlights of this match, and we'll take all of your thoughts. We'll run you through the scorecard on the other side of this. This is Big Bash Nation right across the network on 1116 SEM.
1: This is Big Bash Nation,
0: broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. John Donneau with you. It was a six-wicket win for the Brisbane Heat over the Melbourne Renegades. If you want to join in the conversation, feel free. 4 98 11 16 Liam Pickering was my expert tonight. We'll run through the scorecard, if we can, in the, uh, in the post-game wrap-up as I just uh, pull up my... Score count. Got my, uh, got everything in front of me here. But it was a pretty comprehensive win in the end for the Brisbane Heat. Bit of a lull through the middle of the period. But in the end, they were able to get the job done. And they are undefeated on this season. One washout, obviously, in Adelaide. But if we look at the Renegades' scorecard and we have a look at the leading wicket-takers and le- leading run-scorers, all for Henley Holmes, delivering affordability at Seven ball duck from Quinton DeCock. Not what the crowd wanted, not what Renegades fans wanted and certainly not what the game needed as well. Uh, he just dug them a little bit of a hole, did uh, Quinton DeCock at the top of the order. It was a bit of an uncharacteristic innings. Joe Clark, seven off 12 balls, but Jake Fraser McGurk was all the rage. 55 off 23 deliveries, striking at 239. He was the leading run scorer, all thanks to Henley Holmes delivering affordability. Nick Maddinson came and went for 15 off 21 deliveries Aaron Finch two off eight John Wells played a nice little cameo a nice little hand at the end to get them to 163 he, uh, he made 34 off 24 deliveries Will Sutherland was out he hit a four over cover in the first of the power surge overs he made 12 off nine deliveries Tom Rogers 20 off 14 a first ball duck for Kane Richardson run out trying to get uh, John O'Wells back on strike. Adam Zampa, an uncharacteristic five off one ball, It's uh, carved it out on the offside, and four overthrows came after that. And Majib did not bat. Uh, the leading wicket taker for Henley Holmes delivering affordability in that first innings uh, was Paul Walter, who was named the player of the match. He's our player of the match as well for Jenny King. At three for 27 off his four overs, he's had some day at the park. Mitch Swepson one for 27 off four overs. Xavier Bartlett, one for 28 off three overs. And Spencer Johnson, one for 39 off his four overs. The only two not to take a wicket. Matt Kooneman, three overs, none for 19. And Michael Nisa, two overs, none for 15. So it was weird that he didn't come back on to bowl Nisa. Usually is one of their better death bowlers, but not needed in the end. As for the batting for the Brisbane Heat, they were chasing 163 for victory, Josh Brown and Colin Munro got them off to a really, really nice start. 14 off nine balls for Josh Brown. Colin Munro, first ball he faced, six. 12 off four balls for him. Two quick wickets, though, from, uh, from the Renegades. Majib with the first one of Colin Munro. Overturned on review, given not out straight away. They reviewed it, and uh, he was found to be out. So that was a big wicket for the Renegades and Josh Brown went shortly, well the next ball actually he lofted one up to Nick So Nathan McSweeney, 9 off just 15 rocks and uh, Matt Renshaw we know held uh, held firm 49 not out of 37 deliveries, Sam Billings was awesome with 40 off 29 and Paul Walter just came in at the end and freed his arms, 30 off 15, he might be the recruit of the tournament if he keeps this up 3 for and 30 off 15, so uh, a leading run scorer again for Henley Holmes, delivering affordability. Matt Renshaw, 49 not out, off his 30 uh, off 37 deliveries, and the leading wicket taker for the Renegades, all thanks to Henley Holmes, delivering affordability. Majibu Rahman, with two for 27 off four overs, uh, wickets also to Kane Richardson, one for 28 off three, Adam Zampa, one for 36 off his four overs, and uh, Tom Rogers and Nick Maddinson, as well as Will Sutherland all managed no wickets the game changed when nick Maddinson came in to bowl that eighth over it just looked like the clamps were on the heat a little bit and if i just look at my notes here came in uh in the eighth over madison 12 off that over and previously they'd gotten 10 off the last two they were three for 54 and then the shackles were released, three for 66 and then zampa gave away 13 off the uh the ninth over at three Three for 79, you thought the Heat were probably on and a good chance of getting the job done. If you missed any of the action, well, here are the highlights from a big clash at Marvel Stadium. A six-wicket win for the Heat. First over for the Renegades, nine off so far. Oh, and he walks oh, that at him. That is an ideal start for the Heat. Six. Down the ground. He said, I'm not having a look at you, Tommy, and just pumps him to long on for Six. Is up now, and this one oh, and that's six. Knew <laughs> it as soon as it left the bat. <laughs> goes again, oh, goes, goes for a sleep. He's got to be close here, outside oh. the off stump. Majib likes it. I think cock it likes it as well.
2: Still might be sliding, I reckon. He's a
0: long way across. They're going upstairs, picks. Yeah, they are. We're gonna have a look at this. Pitching outside, impact in line. Wicked.
2: Got it. on him.
0: Go Big play. wicket. Yeah. Great review, hitting middle and leg. He's lofted it up. Maddinson underneath it. They've got two and two. Handy for the Renegades, they've got the two big gun. And Majib now in. Oh, he's hit it back Go to him. McSweeney's hit it straight back to Majeeb, Easy as you like. And another wicked fall.
2: They're going to give up potentially some easy runs. The wheels this one
0: around to the same spot on the hip. Four. So, eight well, off two balls. And Nick Madenson, he might regret bringing himself on now. 21 needed off 69 now, Zamper in and again outside the off stump, oh, nearly oh, caught, it'll more. go through that same gap for four. Ring short over the top, of cover. that'll go for four. I don't need to scream it out, that's going to get into the fence for four, well bowled. And <laughs> the in outside the off stump, Five, that's huge, huge. <laughs> that's going to go to the double deck. He took it from outside the off stump, slog sweep across the line and Sam Billings has launched it. In again, the final. and lofted it down the ground. Shot. This could be out. This, will be out. this could be out. Sutherland underneath it, gone. That's Much all. needed wicket. And it's Sam Billings who perishes and he's not happy. Loft in again, slower ball. Cutting yeah, this time, beating four. He was waiting on it. Richardson short, good. that one six. <laughs> Flat <laughs> as South a tracer bullet. Don't even bother. We were waiting for Paul to release the arms. This oh, one over the offside, that'll be four more. Just gave himself some room outside the leg stump. It was short and wide, and he just bashed it. Better than the Renegades one. This one, six. Six. Short ball, rolled his fingers on it, doesn't matter. And Tall Paul says, get it out of here. It's up now, gives himself some room. launches down the ground. Oh, he must have a dinner to go to, because he ain't hanging around. Six, over mid-off. Renton Shaw is on strike. He goes over the top, and that'll win it for him. As it just bounces into the outfield. They take a single. Paul Walt- Walter's not interested in coming back for a second. No and point. the Brisbane Heat have an unblemished record. They certainly do. A six-wicket win over the Renegades just catapults them to the top of the big bash ladder. good was, was tall Paul Walter. He is an uncut gem. I mean, the, the fact that Darren Lehman was able to find this guy... And pluck him out of, I guess, nowhere. We really haven't heard of him before. He's six foot a thousand and built like a brick, you know what. Uh, and for him to come out there and just blast 30 off 15, well, we're going to see a lot more of him and uh, he's going to provide plenty of excitement. It might be the difference for the Brisbane Heat this year as they try and avenge their loss to the Perth Scorchers in last year's final. Let's have a quick listen, uh, let's have a quick look at the BBL ladder before we finish up. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a listen to Ian Smith, who joined Cam Luke on uh, SEN Afternoons earlier today. The Brisbane Heat are on top. Three wins from four matches. One of those was a washout. So they are seven points and two points clear on top of the ladder. Second is the Perth Scorchers after last night. We know that they had the game in Geelong that was washed out. So they uh, they got one point out of that, and then they got their uh, max points out of their last two games. They, uh, they've they won two in a row as well, so uh, they are on five points. Sydney Sixers play tomorrow night. They have two wins from two matches and they are another team who are probably going to be right up there when the whips are cracking. You'd imagine that the top three that it is now is going to be the top three in any order. Uh, A box trifecta if it were, as it were, uh, come at the end of the season. The Adelaide Strikers currently, after their uh, win a couple of nights ago, were two, two matches, one win. They've had a washout as well, so they are they are on three points. The Renegades yet to register a victory. At two losses, one point for them. The Thunder, sixth, seventh, the Hurricanes and the Stars languishing with a horrible net run rate on the bottom of the ladder. Uh, that's just about all we got time for. Thanks for your company on the coverage tonight. Big thanks to Pato, to Yeendi, to Jace, and to Dan out the back here. Couldn't do it without any of the crew. We believe you, Cam Luke caught up with Ian Smith, part of the SEN commentary team a little bit earlier today.
2: I'm going to go from one who thinks he's a legend to a guy who is a legend. Of course, not just a legend of cricket and broadcasting, but also of SENZ. Ian Smith's our man. He joins us now. Ian, uh, welcome to SEN here in Melbourne.
1: Yeah, I wish I had, uh, had to join you right now. Instead of being listening to you, I'd be a little less poorer.
2: <laughs> Tell you what, it hurts, mate. Isn't it, isn't it wrong when you get a tap on the shoulder from our man David taken and he gives us a, a best of and he gets beaten 11 lengths? It hurts.
1: So the tipsters are the worst. they the worst judges, mate. Don't worry about
2: that. <laughs> hey, uh, first test. Did anything surprise you, Smitty?
1: Did anything surprise me? Not really in terms of the outcome. Um, yeah, I, I look, I, I, um, I went there thinking Australia would win, um, and I left there and, um, very satisfied with the way they went about it. Um, I was pretty surprised actually that Pakistan did succumb. That would be the surprising thing. For eighty nine in the second innings after the fight they showed in the first innings. I thought they'd take it into the fifth day, um, but uh, they didn't. I, I don't know how much confidence that uh, and and how much pain, uh, hurt it's done to their confidence. But uh, I think they get a, a pitch they might like uh, the look of a wee bit better at the MCG in a few days' time. So maybe they were spooked a wee bit.
2: We talk about competitive test matches and trying to get to five days, and a lot of the listeners of, of this particular show talk about the fact that sometimes it's hard to watch when a team is so dominant. So, can, can you, you just touched on it there? Can you can you give us some hope? Is there signs that competitive Pakistan can can give a session, win a session, maybe win a day, and and get this to day five at the MCG? Yeah, well, the, the the secret is to how they
1: negate, negate the Australian quickies. Really, I mean, uh, the fact of the matter is that. They cause hardship to most batting lineups around the world and and the way they're bowling at the moment cummins and hazelwood in particular um it's quite amazing to, just the level of consistency so they have to come up with a plan to negate them and and it might you know they might have to go the way that imam al went and that was just uh all-out uh survival which isn't very interesting to watch but what it does give you is a, a bit of a foundation to work from later on so They need to find uh, the ability to bat for a session. If they could perhaps win the toss at the MCG and be none down at lunch, it's a hell of a start, just as Australia were against them in Perth. So whatever they do, they have to do it with a lot more uh, solidity at the top of their order. They have to get runs out of their uh, their star player. Their skipper has to front up. Um, And, and, uh, of course, Baba Razan has to front up. So the top four Have to do a lot of the scoring
2: for me. And the good news is, regardless of how long the Test match goes for, you can watch every ball of every game of the Boxing Day Test and BBL live ad break free on Fox Cricket, available on Ko Sports and Foxtel, and headlined, of course, the Tests. Our man Ian Smith. Are you surprised, or were you surprised by the man of the match in Perth? Interesting one. This, yeah, that
1: caused a bit of debate upstairs, actually, and I. I was uh, I was pretty much in the David Warner camp, actually. And um, uh, the reason why is I, I just thought that that was the innings that set up the win for Australia. I, I knew on that pitch that their bowlers would do damage over a period of time. And I, I just thought if someone on the first day, be it Kawaja be it, be it Warner, be it Labuschagne or Smith, someone in the top three or four had got a big score to make sure Australia uh, were in a very safe position, um, I would have thought that was quite quite decisive in the match. So... For me, Warner, um, there's some terrific performances, goodness mm-hmm. me. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Mitch Marsh said, and he got it in the end, but he had a terrific all-round match. You can't ask a, a bloke batting at six to do a hell of a lot more than he was able to achieve. So, hey, I, I look, I, I, I didn't, there was no stand-ups at the bar afterwards, I can promise you that, but it was an interesting discussion at the time.
2: Do you think that we sometimes dismiss batsmen who make big scores in in easy wins? We just simply and David Warner, but I'm talking more generally as well. You know, four day test, Australia belt them. David Warner makes the runs, but we as cricket fans or in the media simply just dismiss it as an easy win, and it's it's easy to make runs and maybe take a handful of wickets.
1: Uh, you, you might be right, and you might you might have had on something there in terms of the nature of test cricket, because it, traditionally it takes four to five days, and someone does something outstanding on the first day, it may well be eclipsed by someone doing something on the, on the fourth or fifth day because, you know, I mean, if you get six wickets on the first day, is it worth more than getting six wickets, six wickets to wrap up the test match on the last afternoon? I, I don't know. A lot of bowlers would say first innings is huge in a test match. First innings runs are, are massive. Uh, first innings bowling performances are massive as well. Uh, look, maybe we get a bit knee jerky and and we forget about what's done on the first morning, the first afternoon when we assess these things and uh, it might have been the case there because at the time david david warner's uh, his innings was simply superb and and it was you know as i said it was it was the innings that gave Australia the substance to do what they did afterwards.
2: What have you made of the David Warner commentary around opening, and of course he putting his hand up and and nominating a last test match for him, and there's been so much talk about it, who should come in, should he even be allowed to, or at least, really, you know, in a situation where he just nominates and he finishes at the SCG. He's, he's quite a um, a character that divides opinion, uh, cricket fan or, or just a neutral sporting and cricket fan. What do you make of it?
1: Well, you know, he's not everyone's cup of tea, um, because of, you know, what what has happened, and we, we all know what has happened in the past, but um, he has set, he is that kind of character he's an brilliant sort of front foot kind of character um maybe when he was saying that um he wasn't thinking it was uh an arrogant or um a bold statement to make maybe he was challenging himself to say you know i i, I that's why i want to say goodbye um and, and i i mean to score runs in the meantime to make sure i do get to say goodbye there and he's certainly been able to do that but who knows? I mean, you know, uh, he's not, as I said, not not every um, Australia thinks um, that, that he's he's a brilliant player or a brilliant bloke, but what he has been over the years, and his numbers don't lie, been a hell of an opening batsman for Australia over a number of forms of the game. And, you know, at the moment, because there's no standout, absolute standout replacement, and that's the great debate at the moment, uh, I think you would be missed.
2: I I believe, and I've had this conversation a couple of times in the last couple of weeks on there. I I believe this Australian cricket team is and has been underappreciated for this year. Of course, a a World Test Championship, a retaining of the Ashes, a a one-day World Cup against all odds against India, in India after a a slow preparation, and then a a belting of Pakistan, which is to be expected, but you can't really be against someone because they're so much better than, than the other opposition. Do you see that? Do you think we appreciate this Australian cricket team enough?
1: No, I don't think you do actually. Mm. Um, and as an outsider, uh, I, I, coming in to to talk about them from time to time, um, I often accuse, get accused at home of being over over praising of of, of the Australian cricket team. But I, I don't I don't forget what they've achieved. Uh, and I, I tell you what, if they and somehow in the next uh, well, it's June or July they win the T Twenty World Cup, mm. uh, that's a lot. They'll have everything in their cabinet at the same time and. Uh, what more can you possibly achieve as a team and a team sport and a very competitive team sport as well? Uh, what they achieved in the Cricket World Cup was quite amazing. Um, you know, uh, they weren't written off after two games, but they, weren't, they looked tired. They looked a bit shabby about everything they did, and I think that was most emphasised by the fielding. They'd be the first to admit that. Uh, and something kicked them into gear. A performance uh, in Lucknow kicked them into gear and everyone, everyone in that commentary box that night that I was working in, non-Australians as well, and everyone I joined up with afterwards said, hello, uh, that might be the turning point. And it certainly was. And when it got to the final, I don't think anyone else in the world could have snuffed India out the way that they did. They out-thought them out, them, they out-occasioned them, and they ruined their day. And they ruined the party of a, of a hell of a lot of people um, but it didn't worry them in the, in the slightest. They're, they're, they're the best cricket team in the world. Um, look, I, I'm happy to be quoted on that because what they've got stashed away proves it.
2: When they win the biggest tournaments, and uh, they retain what is the biggest thing in cricket, and then, of course, they do the Ashes, which is the biggest thing in our eyes. It's, it's very hard to argue that at all. Just quickly, changing pace, what do you make of Kiwi cricket? How, how do you see New Zealand cricket currently?
1: Crossroads uh, need a bolt we need uh, to find some bowlers um, you know our Saudi bolt combination, which is great for us over the years has is, is broken up a wee bit now and you know they're both a little bit long in the tooth and I hope that motivates them uh, we need to need to find a bowling attack really to be competitive on a daily basis and we have to play Rutch and ravinder and test cricket for God's sake is that guy not good enough to make our top six I've argued this to I've run out of lager at home, and I'll probably argue it until I run out of lager over here. It is just the most ridiculous thing in my mind that and Vindra, who is one of the hottest properties in the World Cup, isn't good enough to make our test team. That baffles me. That yeah. baffles me. Hey,
2: again, hard to argue. I'll ask you this last one. I've sort of had an idea. Australian domestic leagues in all sports... Has a New Zealand flavour in, in in most of the sports, but the Big Bash doesn't. Do do you think it would uh, help the Big Bash, and do you think it would help New Zealand short format cricket if if New Zealand had a team in our BBL?
1: No, I don't think so. I, I I'm not sure our teams would be good enough. To be yeah. honest, we'd have to have a lot of we'd have to have a lot of Australian um, injection and overseas player injection into our uh, domestic sides as they stand at the moment to be competitive. And the last thing I want to do when you enter a competition is uh, to not be competitive. It takes time. I understand with the NRL and that, it takes time to get up to speed. But in in all honesty, uh, I I think uh, we would like selected players to come over and get more experience. But I I don't think we've got a franchise at the moment uh, that could fit the bill over here.
2: Well said. As always, Ian, appreciate your time, mate. I know you've got a million things on. Uh, and, of course, at a busy time of year when it comes to Christmas. So thank you for giving us a a couple of minutes. We look forward to uh, hearing more of you on Fox Cricket over the the summer, but also SCNZ next year, mate. Looking forward to you being back in the chair.
1: My pleasure, mate. Uh, I've got to go and buy Mark Howard a muzzle for Christmas.
2: You know what size he is? I think he's probably an extra large, to be fair. Extra large. Okay, I'll get a free (laughs) excel.
0: This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X.